Just say, Lord, let the kingdom of heaven come. You know, there's no sickness in the kingdom. There's no hurt in the big kingdom. There's no pain in the kingdom. How many of you know there's no disease in the kingdom? Let's just let that kingdom of God come. Let, let it come tonight. There's no guilt in the kingdom. There's no shame in the kingdom. There's no, there's no, uh, uh, there's no uh, questioning and doubt and unbelief in the kingdom of God. Father, just let that kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We just receive that kingdom. Just let that kingdom come tonight. Come on, just begin to lift your hands and say, Lord, I just received that kingdom. Let that kingdom of God come tonight. Let that rulership come tonight. Let that domain come tonight. Let, let that sickness has got to go. That virus has got to go. How many of you know there's no viruses in the kingdom of heaven? There's no poverty in the kingdom of heaven. There's no doubt and unbelief in the kingdom, kingdom of heaven. There's no hopelessness in the kingdom of heaven. There's no unrighteous or unholy things in the kingdom of heaven. So just let that kingdom come tonight. Let your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come on. Just tell him. Just say, God, let your kingdom come tonight. Let your kingdom come tonight. Let it just be bigger in me. Just let it be bigger in me. Let it let it grow. Just invade my invade this kingdom, right? Invade this area, God, tonight. Invade our hearts tonight. Invade our minds tonight with your kingdom. Let your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Come on. You're the king of the kingdom. You're greater than all other kingdoms. We thank you that, Lord God, that you are the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We just we just speak forth your blessings just to flow tonight. Come on. We just, just begin to receive that. Just be receiving. Just be receiving what God has tonight. Begin to receive what he has tonight. Doubt and unbelief has to go. Fear. There's no fear in the kingdom, y'all. No fear in the kingdom. No fear in the kingdom. No fear, no fear. No fear in the kingdom. Just faith in the kingdom. Just righteousness, joy in the Holy Ghost. Just righteousness, joy in the Holy Spirit. Just righteousness, joy. We just, we just say, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Come on. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, Jill, why don't you come help these guys here? Move this uh, podium, if you will. You guys go ahead and grab a seat tonight. We, uh, we are grateful and thankful that you're here tonight. Hey. Oh, yeah. Shelly says, I want to give you guys an opportunity to give. So let's just take a minute. And if you want to be able to give and to sow into the kingdom, you can do that online at lwfchurch.com or you can come and sow tonight um, I would just give you a few minutes to do that um, as I get my message ready to go tonight did anybody come ready to hear the word of the Lord tonight amen thank you guys thank you thank you yep this is this will be great this will be great <laughs> we're just home folk tonight we're just home folk just family just coming and Given as the Lord leads you tonight. Anybody got a testimony they want to give? Anybody have something they want to share that what the God has done in their life? Anybody want to give a testimony tonight? It's up to you. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. I guess not. God is good. Turn to somebody next to you and say, God is good.
Okay, we got a few minutes, and all the time, God is good. So, Shelly, you're just so good at doing all that. I just, you know, every time I just kind of get lost with God is good, and I know he's good, and I know his goodness. Um, we have had, I've had a very, very, very busy day today. Um, I was able to get in town around 5.30, quarter to 6, drop some people off, jump in the shower, and I got over here. And I'm ready. I, I drove to Buffalo this morning and um, left the house around 6 and drove home and studied for four hours this afternoon, this morning and this afternoon, drove back to Buffalo, spent a few hours there and got some work done. And I am, I am ready to go tonight. So guess what? Y'all better get ready, man, tonight. Anybody have any idea of what, we're gonna, what I'm going to preach on tonight? <laughs> The kingdom, right. Um, I forgot my number here. Okay, I was putting your number in, honey. I was putting your number in. It didn't work in, on mine. Okay, you got the PowerPoint? We're good. We're going to talk a little bit about righteousness in the kingdom. And as soon as this comes up, I am going to kind of go, go over just a little review with you guys. You're going to need to get your Bibles out. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 7. That's where we're going to, we're going to be tonight. Um, we're going to get there in just a few minutes, but... How many of you know it's good to be able to uh, to hear the word of the Lord and to be able to get into the things of God? Whew, been a busy day for me today. Um, Pastor Sean, how's things going at the at the at the prison? I know that there's been a spike there. Is that still continuing? Do you know? Okay, it's going down. Good. Amen. Where well, we've been praying and we've been standing and believing. You know, those of you that may not know, there's been a little spike in Woodward, and a lot of it was the prison. Um, they've, I understand they've brought some people in from other prisons and also too, and that's probably helped, um, help, um, expedite the, the, the numbers and send them a little bit higher. But how many of you know, we're going to, we're going to continue to pray. We're going to continue to believe. We're going to continue to stand. Amen. I know some of you guys are social distancing, all of your social distancing tonight. And I appreciate that. Sometimes I like to get you all together. Let's huddle together and. And uh, let's hear the word of the Lord. So I want to talk a little bit about the righteousness in the kingdom of God. So I, I would say this is probably part two. Um, we've been talking about, you know, God's program, God's original intent was to rule the visible through the invisible. Okay. His original intent, and that still holds forth today, was to rule the visible earthly realm through the invisible spirit of the living God. The invisible living in the invisible spirit of man on the visible, in the visible, visible body on the visible earth, okay? So we, we know that's God's intent. It's kind of like this. I, I was really meditating on it this week, and I thought it's kind of like this. It's like the father has a business and he wants his children to be involved in the business. So he's made a way when he originally designed and created it. And we talk about this in Genesis uh, 1, 26 through 31 is it's the father's business. He wants you to rule. He wants you to reign. Listen, there's a lot of people that don't like this message. Can I tell you why they don't like it? Because it shifts the responsibility from you blaming God for everything. It's all God's fault. To you taking responsibility 
and saying, if there are things allowed in this earthly realm, we need to do something about it. Are you with me? Because it's the invisible spirit of man or God living in the invisible spirit of man on the physical, in the physical body, on the physical scene. So the God wants to do something in this physical earth. And how is he going to do it in the physical earth? We're waiting on God. God, why don't you do this? And I don't know. Maybe the father seated up there and he looks at Jesus and said, Jesus, what are they talking about? Jesus said, I don't know, Father, you sent me and I gave my life to them and I, I, I ascended back to you. They're seated with me. They've got authority. They've got a dominion. They just aren't using it. So we know that it's like a father's business. So, you know, we, I'd love, we, we have a business, we have a few businesses, but I would love our kids to take over those businesses someday. In the kingdom of God, the father wants the children to operate in the business. Right? He not only wants the sons to operate in his business, but he wants the daughters to operate in his business. So we've asked, we've challenged you and said, what did Jesus preach when he was on the earth? What did he preach? Did he preach about healing? Did he preach about faith? Did he preach about himself? You know, did he preach about the, the, the five steps to a better marriage? You know what I mean? Those different things. Those are all good things and those are all in the word of God. But we really want to say, if Jesus preached something, what did he preach? And don't you think if he preached it, maybe we should preach it, okay? Maybe we should preach it. So when I look at that, I, I realize that I'm in the Father's business. So real quick, let me do a review for you. Over the last few weeks, how many of you guys know we've covered some stuff? We've covered some stuff over the last few weeks. Um, Genesis 126, uh, verses uh, 31 one twenty six verses thirty one and it talks about dominion, it talks about subduing, it talks about rulership, and this is how he 's created man in his image and his likeness, right and for us to be we were created to have dominion, we were created to subdue the earth. We also talked about kingdom, everybody say kingdom we it king 's domain, kingdom. How many of you know you have to have a territory to be a king? You, if, if you're a king and you have no territory, then you're not a king. There's nothing to be a king over. So we talked a little bit about king domain. We, it means rulership. The, it's rulership. It's a, you know what it is? It's a standard. It's a standard. So when we talked about rulership, we also talk about reigning. That God's not only created us and designed us, but he's empowered us and given us the authority to rule and reign. How many of you know you're supposed to rule and reign over your mind? You're supposed to rule and reign over your situations that are in your life. Are you with me? You're supposed to have dominion over your thoughts. And the Bible talks about taking those thoughts captive and, and bringing, pulling them down, those thoughts that shouldn't be there and making them obedient to the things of Christ. And if it's not something you should keep, then get rid of it. There's some stuff we've got to get rid of. There's some thoughts that we've got to have. And we're in the middle of shifting and changing those thought processes. We talked a couple of weeks ago about the seven characteristics of a kingdom, that these seven characteristics every kingdom must have. We also talked about the kingdom of heaven versus the kingdom of God. Why it says in Matthew that it's the kingdom of heaven. Why it says in Mark and Luke and John, the kingdom of God, right? We learned a little bit about that. We also last week talked a little bit about righteousness in the kingdom. 
righteousness in the kingdom. So I'm going to flip over to Romans chapter 3, and I'm just going to read that to you. If you want to turn with me, that's great, but hold your finger in, um, in Matthew chapter 7. But Romans chapter 3, I want to go real quick over verses 21 through 26. Romans chapter 3, verse 21 now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe, for there's no distinction. How many of you know in, in, in the Jewish culture, especially back in this day, they they were the chosen ones they were they were the chosen ones and they didn't want they really didn't want god to open up things for the gentiles now it, god wants to open it up for everybody how many of you know the good news of the gospel of the kingdom of god is for everyone it's not just for a select few those that have enough money or those that are tall enough or short enough or come from this side of the track versus that side of the tracks it's not just about that it's for everyone and that's what he was talking about with the righteousness of God. And he goes on in verse 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. How many of you have heard that scripture before? How many, some of you used it. All have sinned and fallen short from the glory of God, but they stop right there. We use that on a salvation a lot of times. We've all sinned and fallen short from the glory of God. We've all sinned and we've fallen short from the glory of God. That's right, absolutely, but let's keep reading because it's not about your sin and falling short of the glory of God. It is actually about righteousness. And let's look at that because it's sandwiched right in the middle of this righteousness through faith in Jesus Christ. And he goes on. Be, uh, he goes, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption, which is in Christ Jesus. So I've sinned and fallen short from the glory of God. But guess what I've also done? I have been redeemed by Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Oh, come on. It, may, it gives me ha makes me happy. It puts a step in my step. It's like, man, sometimes I can get feeling so bad about situations and all of that. It wasn't too long ago, less than a year ago, we had a fire uh, at one of our barns catch on fire, and it did over $375,000 worth of damage. And I'm here to tell you, I had to stay and live and enter and operate in the kingdom dimension where there's righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. And there's times where I just felt so bad about things, things just weren't doing so good, that I began to start looking at how I've been justified. And there's a gift that, that God has given us, and his name is Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. So I'm excited about that. I've been redeemed. Say that with me. I've been redeemed. Come on, one more time. I've been redeemed. Can we do it one more time? I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. And man, when some things start coming your way, you got to just say, I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. Look, I was once out and now I'm in. I was once down and now I'm up. I was once on the other side of the track, but now I'm on the right side of the track. Amen. And his name is Jesus. Come on. I want to preach tonight. Is anybody else going to let me preach tonight? In verse 25, it says, whom God displayed pub uh, publicly as a propitiation by his blood through faith. That was to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed. <laughs> wow! 
uh, did you all hear that? He passed over those sins, not holding them against you. Hello? That's the judgment. Jesus took the judgment so God doesn't have to judge you for your sins any longer. Come on. But see, a lot of times we're, we're worried about our sins and we spend more time thinking about our sins than we do about the righteousness of God. I don't know about you, but shift is going to happen. They're going, what did he say? I got to hear that over again. Can, can you watch that back? I said shift is going to happen because we've got to stop focusing on what we're not and start focusing on what we are. I am redeemed. I am the righteousness of God. It's not by me. It's not by works. The Bible says I'm saved, not by works, lest any man should boast. I'm not boasting about that, but I'm going to boast about my Jesus. Come on. I'm going to boast about what he's done for me. And I'm going to boast about the blood that he shed on Calvary because there had to be the shedding of blood for the remission of sin. And he shed his blood once and for all. There has gotten no more to be shedding any blood. He shed it once and for all for the remission of sins. And I don't know about you, but that makes me happy. Come on. I don't know, maybe because I was just a bigger sinner than y'all were. Maybe that's what I was. I just, I got a lot more to be forgiven for because there was a whole lot there. He goes on and he talks about to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed. For the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Have you got faith in Jesus? We got faith in Jesus? I'm, I'm faith in Jesus. I, I got faith in Jesus. No matter what's going on in the world, I got faith in Jesus. No matter what's going on in my life, and there's some good, not good things, and there's some good things going on in my life, but I'm still going to have faith in Jesus. Because how many of you know your life can go good, and then it can go bad, and it can go good, and it can go bad, and it can go good. And if we just are moved by our feelings, then we're not operating in faith. Can I get an amen? See, because it could be like, I mean, I got faith in God right here, man. I'm right here. And then something happens, and I get fired, or I lose my job, or they close down, and all of a sudden I'm back down here, and I got nothing. And then all of a sudden I'm starting to move back up here, and I got faith. And I don't have faith, and I got faith. And things are difficult. Our barn catches on fire. Praise God, we got insurance. I got faith. But I don't even know insurance costs money. You, you, we spend thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a year on insurance. You got a $10,000 deductible. That's not cheap just to get to your, your $375,000 taken care of. There's still money that has to be paid. Are you with me? So when you look at that and I start saying, God, look at the stuff that's going on, but look how faithful you are. And it's the righteousness of God. I just kind of got sidetracked on righteousness because I want us to be able to realize that we need to be righteous conscious and not sin conscious. Come on. Let's be righteous conscious. Let's be more concerned about the things that God has and has done for us. And righteous means to render just. It means to pardon. To pardon. I thank God he gave me a pardon. You know what? He didn't give me a half a pardon. He gave me a full pardon. Hello? 
He's pardoned me. And I, I don't know about you, but I needed to be pardoned. It means to show innocent. Show innocence. And I, I, I banged my gavel. Not guilty. I'm not guilty. I can now leave, right? So we talked about the righteous conscious versus the sin conscious. And we talked about the scriptures where the kingdom of heaven began to be uh, talked about in the New Testament. And John the Baptist came on the scene in chapter 3, verse 2. And he says, repent. And repent isn't just turning away from. Repent is changing your mind. What was the, the Greek word? Metanoia. It's the way you're thinking about something, the way you spiritually perceive it, that you change the way you look at it. Come on. See, I used to think that I was a sinner saved by God's grace, and I'm just a dirty, rotten sinner. Now I think that I'm a sinner saved by God's grace, and now I'm a child of the Most High God. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. That's who I used to be. That's not who I am now. Don't define me as a dirty, rotten sinner because I I've been redeemed, and now I'm in the childhood. I'm in the child. I'm a child of the Most High God. I'm in the kingdom of God. I'm a family. I'm a son. Come on, somebody, and I'm redeemed. I mean, come on. That y'all, y'all need to give the Lord some praise this, this morning. Hey, Amen. I'm I'm preaching this morning. John the Baptist, and I know uh, John the Baptist in Matthew chapter two, and then we see the first time where the where Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. And we see about it in 4.23, chapter 5, verse 3, verse 10, verse 19, verse 20. We talked about it last week when we read Matthew chapter 6 in verse 10 and verse 33. But before I go any farther, I want to get to Matthew 5.20. Matthew 5.20 was one that we talked about. Answer that. It might be God. Hello? God? Okay. It's Josh. Hey, Josh. How are you doing? How's Caleb? Joshua and Caleb, never mind. Every time I think of Joshua, I think of Caleb. So we, we think about this. You will never enter the kingdom of God. You'll never get into this dimension that God has for us. And this dimension isn't far away. This dimension is right here. We can access this dimension. I believe we can access it tonight. I believe we can live in it tonight. He says, unless your righteousness actually is, is greater, exceeds the Sadducees and the Pharisees, the Pharisees. See, their righteousness was based on the law, okay? They were made righteous only because of the law. We are made righteous because of what Jesus has done for us. Do you see where their righteousness is here? And to exceed their righteousness, we have to be righteous not by what we do. It's by who we're connected to. It's what Jesus has done for us. I am made righteous not by how good I am. I wish I could tell you because I can't never be that good. Are you with me? But I am made righteous by what Jesus has done for me. See, that's why I can't boast about it. I can't walk around and say, ooh, I did this, and ooh, I did that, and these people got saved, and they got healed, and they got delivered, and all these other things, man. I mean, just, it's just rolling around, and then all of a sudden my head gets big, Right? And then pride comes in. Are you with me? And Jesus was talking about, he said, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you're never going to enter in, get into that kingdom of God, access that dimension, because we've got to understand how our righteousness is. And we talked a little bit about that. 
So let's look at some other scriptures on the kingdom and the kingdom principles. So um, I told you to go to Matthew chapter 6, right? Matthew chapter or chapter 7. I want to look real quick at Matthew 6, 34 before we get there. Um, man, I got to go. Um, but seek ye first. This is where we finished up last week. But seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness. Now notice something. The word his has a capital H. The word his kingdom has a capital H. So it's his, meaning God, Christ. It's his righteousness. Are you with me? His. So when we seek first, first in priority, um, the, the, word, the word in the Greek, I believe it's a proton. I believe it's a first in rank and first in order. I'd have to look it up. I know where he says first apostles and prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. That's that word. I believe that's the same word, seeking, seeking his first. Seek first. Seek first. We've got to seek first. Come on, somebody. Seek first. What's it mean to seek something out? Do you just search it on the Internet? And if something comes up and it says page not found, are you done? No, you just, you just, you keep seeking, right? You don't quit. We continue to look for that. We continue to go after that thing. Seek, uh, when he talks about these two things, his righteousness, seek his kingdom, his righteousness. If I spent more time seeking his kingdom and his righteousness than I do seeking anything else, do you think my life would change? Yeah, yeah. I, I, when I seek his kingdom and his righteousness, my life's going to change. So the supreme choice and the pursuit of his kingdom and his righteousness. It's a supreme choice. The supreme choice. It also means seeking them before anything else. I'm seeking God. When you got an issue going on in your life, and I used our fire as an example. I needed to seek God first. I mean, I remember this. Gosh, I, I remember, Tanya, weren't you there that day when I came in after being there? Or was that now? That was a different time. <laughs> that was another thing. That was the ice storm. Then we had some electric problems and we had some losses. Um, and I remember coming in and I remember I could feel how heavy it was. And it was like, wait a minute. God's not done with me. He's not done with this. He's going to work this thing out. I mean, it's real. It's it's easy to say when it's over with, right? But it's hard when you're in it. When it happens and you're just like, oh, you just feel like you got a gut punch. Oh, and you're like, I don't even want to get out of bed. I want to get up in the morning. I don't want to move. I don't want to do any of these things. You know, has anybody ever had the gut punch? And you're just reeling from it, and you're reeling from it. And sometimes it might be a day or two days or three days could go by, and you're still just feeling terrible, and you're hurt, and the pain is there, and you're not sure what to do, and you're confused, and you're saying, why, God, why, 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 why? And you're doing all those different things. He says, seek him first. Instead of asking why and seeking why, I'm going to start seeking him first. I'm going to start seeking his kingdom, his righteousness. I'm going to seek his dominion. I'm going to seek his rulership. I'm going to seek those things in my life, and I want to seek those things first. 
So Matthew chapter 7, everybody there say, I'm there. Anybody there that's not there say, I'm not. Oh, you guys are awesome. Matthew chapter 7. When we look at Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and now chapter 7, through kingdom eyes, you're going to begin to see something different. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. And if you will take your kingdom glasses and you'll seek his kingdom and his righteousness and read this, because when Jesus was given these beatitudes, it was about the kingdom. Some people say it was about how to live in Christian life. No, that's part of it, but it was all kingdom teaching. And we've looked at that. We've gone through that in verse in chapters 5 and 6. Now look at 7. Because in verse 33, he said what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you as well. And he says, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow's got enough care for itself. Each day has enough worry of its own, right? It has enough trouble of its own. And he goes on and he says, listen, don't judge others so that you won't be judged. For in the same way you judge, you will be judged. And by the same standards you measure. The next time the waitress brings something wrong to your table, think about how you're going to be measured. Take that back. I don't want it. What's the matter with you? Who's cooking that thing anyway? Well, guess what? You're going to be measured by the same standard. Hello? So don't mess up. I thank God for his grace because I mess up, right? So he says the same, the same standard you measure will be measured to you. And that's just not in a restaurant. The same standard that you measure will be measured to you. He says, so why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and notice the log that's in your own eye? You don't even see it. And sometimes we're blinded for those things. He goes on and he says, how can, how can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye and behold, there's a log in your eye. I remember years ago, I, I, I preached a message and called it the two-by-four head. You got a two-by-four head. You got a log right in your eye. You got a two-by-four head. It's a two-by-four. He goes on and he says, you hypocrite. He says, first take the log out of your own eye, then you can see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to the dogs and do not throw your pearls before swine for they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. He says, this is the kingdom. Ask and it will be given to you. Listen, this is not a name it and claim it thing because your motives have to be right. Are you with me? I believe that you have what you say. And if you speak forth good things, good things are going to happen in your life. But if you speak forth bad things, guess what can happen? Thank God for his grace because those bad things may not all happen in your life. So we have to watch our words. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find it. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. I think he's talking about the kingdom. Ask and you will receive it. Right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness 
and all of these things will be added unto you as well. See, we a lot of times, we boil it down to, oh, ask, ask the Lord for a new car, or I, ask, I need some help, or I need, you know what I mean? Are you with me? Seek, I'm seeking you, God. I'm seeking you on that lottery. I want to win the million. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, or seek it, and then knock, and the door shall be open. Open up the doors for me today, Lord. What about the kingdom? He just got through talking about what you need to do first, seek First, his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And now he's coming in and telling you how to do it. He says, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. I want you to enter into the kingdom. I want to access this kingdom living. We can live in the kingdom here on earth. Hello? This is not my home, y'all. It's not yours either. You're a believer and follower of Christ. This is not your home, but God has placed you here. The Father in the Father's business has come in and placed us here in the earth. Do you know he told his disciples, he said, Father, he, no, he told the Father, he said, Father, don't take them out of the world, but leave them in the world. See what I mean? That's the Father. Father's like, I was planning on doing that anyway, Jesus, thanks, because they're my kids and I want the world to change, and I want the earth to change, and the way it's going to change is through my children. You're a child of the Most High God. God wants you to change situations and circumstances in your life. Verse 9, Or what man is there among you who, when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he, not give, him a, will he give him a snake, will he? And if then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. Look at me just a moment. I was younger. My family didn't go to church. Well, we went once in a while that I remember. I don't remember a whole lot about going when I was younger. But one thing I remember my mother said was the golden rule. Has anybody heard that? Depends on your age. The golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I did not know that was biblical. <laughs> I, I didn't know. Mom never said, this is a scripture. You need to learn it. You know what I mean? It was just like, Live by the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So when, it, when, and when you look at this scripture and it says, man, treat people the way you want to be treated. That's the golden rule. So there's a scripture that's there. And it says for this, the same way you want them to treat you, for this is the law and the prophets. And he goes on and he says, enter into the narrow gate. The gate is wide. And, and, and the way is broad that leads to destruction. Now all of a sudden he's showing us what? He's showing us another way to get in. The way we've got to get into this access, this kingdom. Are you with me? We can go the wide way and you're not going to access the kingdom. But narrow is the way. Because our lives have to come to that place where, where we are, are. It's about God and it's about his principles. And it's about who you are and who's made you. And you live according to that. And when we live according to that, then we realize that what he says is that that wide road leads to destruction. And there are many through enter in it, enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. 
and there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from the bushes nor the figs or the, from the thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, and a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor the bad tree cannot produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. See it? There it is, verse 21. There are people that, obviously, according to Jesus, that say, Lord, Lord, and they don't enter into the kingdom. I want us to enter, meaning access this dimension of the kingdom. But he who does the will of my Father is the, is the one that will enter in. Many of you say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons and in your name and perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, those who practice lawlessness. And he comes into the two foundations. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against the house and yet it did not fall for it had been founded upon the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like the foolish man who built his house in the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and slammed against the house and it fell and it was a great fall. When Jesus had finished these word, words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as their scribes. So when we look at Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, it's about the kingdom, y'all. It's about the kingdom of God. When we realize and understand that it's about the kingdom of God on the earth. Jesus came to extend the kingdom of God on the earth. Jesus came to extend the kingdom of God on the earth. When he came, he, he came and he came bringing the kingdom, right? In Matthew 4, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. I want us to be able to see that what we do, we can access this dimension. This isn't a weird thing. We just enter into it. But our actions have a lot to do with it. There are people that might say, Lord, Lord, I did this in your name. And guess what? They didn't enter into the kingdom. They didn't access that dimension. That dimension, and we see it in Romans, is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. See, a lot of times we don't have that peace. Next week, I want to tell you a little bit about next week. We're going to look at the Old Testament prophecy about the kingdom of God. We're going to go back in next week, and we're going to look at those things, and I'm going to give you the scriptures that you'll be able to take. I'm, I'm pulling together all of the kingdom scriptures. I'm going to print them out on a couple handouts, and I'm going to have them available for you. So you'll be able to do the study yourself. You'll be able to look at that. When Jesus preached the kingdom, he taught the disciples to preach the kingdom. Luke chapter 9, if some of you want to go ahead and read a little bit. Luke chapter 9, he, asked the, he taught the disciples to go and preach. Preach what? The kingdom. 
the good news of the kingdom of God. And in Luke chapter 10, he said, guess what? You guys go out two by two and you preach what? The gospel, the good news of the kingdom. Jesus never said, go, do, go preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go preach the gospel of myself. He never said that. It wasn't about that because when he came in, he was carrying this. He was wanting to shift this. He was wanting to say, here comes heaven invading earth and we can now access the kingdom of God right here. Will you access the kingdom of God this week? Stand to your feet. Let me just pray for you. I want to pray that, that you begin to access these things of the kingdom. Don't be afraid because when you start to step in into this dimension of the kingdom, when you start doing that, love is, gonna, is even going to go deeper. Uh, the, the things that you've learned about, about God, you're going to begin to start seeing them through a different set of glasses. You're going to start seeing through the kingdom. You're going to say, wait a minute, I can have dominion. I can have rulership. I can overcome this situation. I can overcome this thing that's been there for many years. And as I, as I access and enter into this dimension of the kingdom of God. So, Father, right now I pray for those of us here. But also pray for those that are watching. That this week that we just say, I receive and I'm going to walk in the kingdom of God. And we walk in our righteousness where we're looking at just how amazing you are. And our life is centered around you, Christ. It's not centered around anything else but you. And we thank you that you're opening up our eyes to see and our ears to hear. God, I ask you to bless the people here tonight. I ask you to bless those that weren't able to come, that, that were staying home, you're just trying to what, be in quarantined maybe or whatever. But I ask that, that they'll tune, on, tune in to this message and they'll hear the word of the kingdom. And they'll be inspired and encouraged in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. We bless you. Go forth in His power and His might.